Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Today we will be speaking to 91's Ian Cunningham, who is Portfolio Manager on the Multi-Asset Team and Co-Head of Multi-Asset Growth. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about things that matter in the world of financial services. My name is Rebecca Tones, and I'm the Junior Editor at IFA Magazine, and joining me on the podcast today is my co-host and IFA Magazine Editor, Sue Whitbread. On the podcast this week, we're going to be talking about how advisors can help their clients when it comes to investing for retirement. We're pleased to introduce you to our guest, Ian Cunningham, who is Portfolio Manager on the Multi-Asset Team at Investment Management Firm 91, where he's also co-head of Multi-Asset Growth. Ian is very well placed to talk on this subject, and we'll be asking him, amongst other things, about the useful retirement checklist that 91 have recently produced for advisors to use. Ian, welcome to IFA Talk. We're so looking forward to talking to you about retirement planning and it's such a crucial part of what advisors do, after all. Morning, Rebecca. It's a pleasure, pleasure to be with you. So, Ian, hello. Nice to meet you. Sue here. Um, before, Hi, Sue. Hello. Before, before we dive into the detail then, of retirement, um, can I start by asking you to set the scene for our listeners uh, up into what, what are the challenges facing people who are retiring today? Mm. That's a good question. And it's, um, I think when we look at the, the broader backdrop for financial markets and economies, um, we're in quite a different place relative to where we where we were sort of in recent decades or even as far back as 25 to, to 30 years ago. So I think as a, as a frame of reference, I think last time inflation was this high was in the early 90s. And at that point in time, you had uh, cash rates and guilt yields that were actually over 10%. Yeah. Uh, currently, we have. I remember trying to pay my mortgage then. Oh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so currently, cash rates are just over one percent, and you can get around two percent on a ten-year guilt. So, yeah. um, quite different from a perspective, nominal return and real mm-hmm. return. Um, and interesting as well within equities. I think when you look back at valuations. Looking at the US, which is obviously the biggest market in the world, mm-hmm. um, the the cyclically adjusted price to earnings ratio within the US market was about 17 times uh, mm-hmm. price to earnings. Um, coming into this year, it was double that. So Blimey, was it really? Yeah. Sort of, we're, we're, we're the, coming... tech, the tech boom takes its toll. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're coming at it from a, a mm-hmm. quite a, a different starting point, which means nominal prospective returns are, are obviously challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we yeah. when we when we actually put hard numbers around this, we do capital market assumptions, which are, are forward-looking expected returns on a ten-year annualized basis, and a sixty global equity, forty global government bond portfolio. Your typical sort of balanced mm. strategy. Mm. Um, in end of March, we expected that to deliver over the next ten years about two point eight percent per annum, mm. and that that historically since the mid nineties has delivered over seven percent per annum. Um, so you've got this Oof, challenge. Scary numbers, scary numbers. Exactly. So there's this challenge, and then there's the, the there's the potential challenge of, um, I guess, just where inflation goes over the next ten years. If, if if inflation is higher and more volatile, which it has scope to be, given sort of things like the energy transition, deglobalization, and the like, then we we could be in for quite a volatile decade in asset markets, mm-hmm. uh, with ultimately quite meager returns that get delivered over that that time horizon. Yeah, it's quite a bleak backdrop, isn't it, really? Um, So the next thing I'd really like to ask is, 
why would you say that now is an important time for advisors to rethink how they can help deliver the necessary outcomes for clients in their retirement? And also, what can they be doing about it? Yeah, so I think I think the first point to highlight is there's, there's ultimately, um, we can't place too much certainty around a kind of a forward-looking outlook. There's many different paths and scenarios that we can, can go down. Uh, but given where starting valuations are, and given some of the macro forces that are at play, um, there's a good probability that the next 10 years will look quite different to the prior 10 to 15 years since the global Definitely. financial crisis. Definitely. So now is now is probably a pretty good time mm. to be thinking thoroughly through portfolios and thinking and, and ultimately looking at portfolio structures, approaches mm. and styles and saying, usually what's done very well in the past cycle tends to do less well in the next cycle. Yeah. That, that's sort of how financial yeah. markets work through time. Yeah, um, and so if you, if you look at this environment of more volatility, higher inflation, lower prospective returns, um, we would say probably passive and relatively static approaches um, in the yeah. mixed, asset, uh, mixed asset space. Mm-hmm. Um, those strategies, they've, they've benefited massively from sort of the, the ongoing decline in bond yields yeah. um, and the expansion in equity multiples that we've, we've seen. Um, and also as well, um, managers that have significant growth biases as well. Um, they may be challenged if we see a more volatile yeah. inflation environment just because uh, capital will be less freely available and people will be less willing to pay sort of very high valuations. In a, in yeah, a less of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, makes sense. So we, we, we sort of think that now is obviously a good time to revisit this and um, to think about how you're going to structure portfolios for, for what could be a slightly different or, or actually quite a different environment over the next 10 years. Um, and two, two of my colleagues, actually, um, Ellie Clapton and Atul Shin um, from our multi-asset team at 91, she did quite a big roadshow around the UK talking about all of these problems. Um, and they that was off the back of um, our retirement solutions checklist that's been developed to ultimately help advisors uh, think through some of these challenges and ascertain yeah. whether a strategy might be equipped to, to navigate what, what is likely a different environment. Um, and that sort of, that covered three key questions. So the first question was, was is, is the fund focused on an overall outcome? which we think is, is most important, or is it just sort of heavily focused on income, for example? Um, is, is the fund genuinely active and flexible uh, and able to access sort of a wide range or, or sources of, of returns to, to deliver an outcome in, in a relatively low return world? And then the final question was, is, is the fund able to, to manage risk appropriately, not just relying solely on government bonds, given they have a very low yield and are more likely to become positively correlated with equities? Um, in you know in a in the potential environment that we're talking about. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Ian, you mentioned there about focusing on outcomes, and that that was I know in the retirement solutions checklist as well. Which to our listeners, by the way, is is well worth a look. And you can find the link in the show notes to get access to that. Um, so focusing on outcomes rather than income. Uh, and I wonder, isn't income an important element of retirement planning too, though? Mm. So income income's always going to be going to be important um, and, and it's going to be essential for, for some clients. Um, mm. But ultimately we have to recognize that, that different clients have the varying time horizons, varying risk appetite, risk appetites. Um, mm. They have various sources of supplementary income in some cases. Um, and therefore each individual client is likely to require a, a different different outcome. Um, mm. And 
we, we would say particularly those clients who sort of have a low risk appetite, a shorter time horizon, um, let's say a lower risk strategy that's focused explicitly on income would would be sort of very appropriate for them but for, yeah. clients, but, for, but for clients who aren't dependent on on income um we ultimately believe it doesn't matter where the returns come from it's more about the overall outcome and, and total return that that client can mm. achieve if they're ultimately looking to grow their capital through through time um and so i guess in our in our view it should be a focus on the risk and return and the consistency of that of the outcome mm. um and how transparent that is for the for the client. Um, we would say income investing for clients who who are more focused on an outcome is ultimately too narrow an opportunity set, um, and moving away from just this narrow opportunity set can lead to better better overall outcomes mm. through mm. through time. Um, but in saying all of this, it's it's kind of we we do need to acknowledge that, that as we did at the beginning, every it, there's no sort of one perfect solution. Um, yeah and every every client is different and therefore some clients may require a level of income to supplement um their their, their living uh, whilst also looking to grow some of their capital elsewhere so mm. blending different types of strategies could also be be useful mm. i like on the um, on the checklist itself that that pull out that you've got there the quote from deng Xiaoping. Mm. which is, and I'll read it, because I'm sure our listeners would like it. It says, it doesn't matter whether a cat is black or white, as long as it catches mice. <laughs> it's, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. And it's the same exactly. when it comes to investing, same principle. Cool. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available. And follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. So um, another thing that I'd quite like to touch upon is I know that the checklist references that the need to access a range of return drivers. So maybe if you could expand on why you think that's so relevant right now. So a lot of a lot of portfolios uh, are built around um, a set of dynamics that has worked very well since the 1980s. And the 1980s was the last time we had sort of real inflation issues globally. Um, but it's been sort of that, it's been the... It's been the beliefs or uh, correlations that sit within sort of a, an allocation to equities and bonds in the sense of typically your fixed income, your sovereign bonds would provide you a return and it also provides you diversification and an offset um, during tougher times for, for equity yeah. markets. And these remain quite important um, components within sort of strategic asset allocations or managed portfolio services. Um, but looking forward, we said bond yields are very low. Um, inflation could be higher and more volatile than it has been in the past 10 years. And as a result of that latter dynamic, uh, correlations are, are more likely to be positive than negative that we saw in, in the sort of the disinflationary environment in, in recent mm. decades. So as, as a result of that, you've got sort of very low level of returns, a positive asset that's actually adding risk to your portfolio yeah. rather than, than mm. reducing it. Um, and so therefore looking to access a broader um, set of returns is, is is likely to be important. And th yeah. there's, there's many ways that we ultimately do that. So um, looking at breadth, so employing as large an opportunity set globally across different asset classes as, as possible, uh, ultimately using dynamic asset allocation in particular. So being able to, to sort of move more defensive 
when it's appropriate and then be more aggressive at times to be able to, to capture returns through sort of employing specific focus on bottom-up security selection with a thematic underpinning. You can, in effect, find securities around the world or companies around the world and assets that are tied to longer-term thematic tailwinds and therefore should deliver excess growth. And then also uh, one area which is, is, is not trodden uh, or a path relatively untrodden by by many investors is actually using currency to to diversify portfolios as well. Mm-hmm. So having exposure to to the US dollar, the Japanese yen during tougher times, uh, for for example. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Um, and that all builds into this the big the R word. We haven't got there yet, but the the word risk. It's such a. It just underpins everything, Ian, doesn't it? Really. So, um, I wonder if you could just touch on how and and probably why advisors really need to manage risk or make sure that they manage risk whilst they're also accessing potentially attractive outcomes, and we'll use that word, for their clients. I think obviously the the, the big risk we touch upon at the beginning is is a lot of clients, investors might, might find themselves with portfolios that have been structured for the past 10 years. Yeah. And then obviously moving forward into the next 10 years, they, they could be something quite different could happen. So uh, as that as a starting point, it's worth revisiting those and basically saying um, sort of how, how do we diversify the risk that the next 10 years is, is different to the last 10 years. Uh, and ultimately, we, we, we believe that sort of by pursuing different strategies um, and focusing on different characteristics within strategies, uh, mm-hmm. you, can, you can obviously diversify. And so we would say by focusing on funds that are, are genuinely active uh, and have the mm-hmm. ability to, 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 to access alternative ways to manage risk, is is attractive. So alternative mm-hmm. ways could be as simple as just being able to hold cash when the perception is that both equities and bonds will decline, as has been the case this year. Um, I mentioned currencies before, also using a very plain vanilla um, things like put options within equity markets to to Mm -hmm. protect portfolios um, during times of volatility can also be be relevant. So Mm. um, being able to access those funds that can manage risk themselves is is useful. Uh, We ultimately think actually one of the most important things over the next 10 years is probably going to be flexibility. So if, if, you think, if you think about yeah, the world yeah. like, like what we've seen year to date, where pretty much everything goes down at the same time, um, the best thing you could have done is, is own, own cash or own yeah. cash in dollars in particular. So yeah. be, being able to protect capital at times and then seek returns at other times, being able to, to use that flexibility, we think is going to be very important yeah. in a world that's more volatile for asset markets, but ultimately asset markets probably don't make that much headway on a 10-year horizon. So there'll be lots of opportunities within those 10 years and you need that flexibility to be able to to take advantage of it. And then ultimately, the last point is is strategies that pursue a very broad opportunity set. So if you're focused specifically on, say, delivering income within the UK, in all likelihood, if you broaden that opportunity set globally, that's a first step. But then if you broaden that globally and focus on sort of total returns where appropriate with strategies investing across all different asset classes using flexibility, then then ultimately that that that's a way to, to help manage risks that are are present within specific areas within either the UK or or elsewhere within the, the globe. That's quite interesting that Ian. It's almost like 
a double take on active the way you were describing it there in my head that that you need to be actively assessing the active managers and being active about your asset allocation as well because we tend to think of active as as the opposite to passive but it has all sorts of connotations doesn't it about the asset allocation uh, as well as the, the, the the sort of stock picking fund picking bit Yes, there's a very. I would say, I would say there's a very big spectrum of of active. I know. At the, the oh. one end, you've got sort of minor, you've got sort of minor tweaks in terms of asset allocation for mixed mm-hmm. asset portfolios, and at the other end, you've got extremely uh, flexible. And ultimately, we would say to diversify the challenges of the next ten years, you probably want to focus on areas that are are, are more flexible than, than less, given yeah. the low return yeah. expectations. Yeah, makes sense. Makes good sense. Great. So I've got just one final question that we always like to ask our podcast guests. And that is, if you had the power to change just one thing in the world of investment, what would it be and why? That's a very good question. Um, <laughs> only, only one thing, mind. You can change one thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've, been, I've been, been working in this industry for about 15 years now. Um, I think we're, we're improving, but I think the one thing that, that I'd like to see change more is, is diversity of thought and, and yeah. gender equality in particular interesting yeah sounds great to us <laughs> yeah yeah Ian thank you very much indeed for that very yeah. very interesting and plenty for our listeners to get their head around I think there in that the way that perhaps we've always thought and done things needs a bit of a rethink given the environment that mm-hmm. we are working in today and you know we, we talk about inflation and that whole word transient seems to have just slipped off the radar now so we are where we are and you really do need to get your acting gear to make sure that everything is positioned the right way, don't we? Excellent. Well, it's great to speak with you both. Thank you very much. And you. Thank you you very much. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research and whatever necessary legal advice should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.